Hey, Embassy City family, I love you guys. I miss you guys. Uh, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving with family and friends and that you get to be with the people that you love. Uh, I'm one of those people. I love you and I miss you. And I cannot wait till we are all back together again. Until then, we're just going to keep it moving with this series called Master Reset. Has anybody been blessed so far by this series? Has this been good to anybody besides me? Okay, so uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter number 43. This is where God gave me the revelation of Master Reset. And so last week we talked about uh, Isaiah chapter number 43, verses 14 uh, through 18, in a message that we entitled, Forget all that. All right. I thought y'all forgot, but y'all y'all with me. All right. Forget all that. All right. This is part four of the Master Reset series. And if you're taking notes on this message, it is simply entitled Master Reset. That's right. It took me four uh, sermons to actually get to uh, the actual Master Reset, which was the revelation that God gave me uh, at the top uh, of this series. And so we're finally to the verse that I got the word uh, from the Lord as it relates to master reset. And so I want to give it to you now. It's found in Isaiah chapter number 43, verse number 19. Here's what it says. For I am about to do something new. Now, if you're a King James person or a new King James ver- person, you probably are more familiarized with this verse because it says, uh, behold, I will do a new thing. Okay. But NLT says, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I want to read that verse one more time. It says this, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Let's pray and let's go. Y'all ready? Holy Spirit, reset us. Amen. Amen. Now, I I, want to jump right into uh, the points that I have to this message because uh, uh, sometimes there's some some things that I'm filled with up front in the message that I want to kind of break down before I get to my points. And sometimes I like to dive right into my points because I'm preaching every point that I have today. All right. So I have four points to this message. Point number one, please write this down. God already started something new in you. And put a period behind it. God already started something new in you. God already started something new in you. This is something that you have to know that is happening for you right now, whether you realize it or not. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned uh, uh, that we all have smartphones and the majority of us that have smartphones have updates that happen to our phones without us having to initiate them. They keep the phone operating at its optimum uh, capacity and performance levels. And as a result of that, we understand 
that God's doing the same thing with us, that God could start something new in you before you realize something new has been started in you. That God could be downloading something new to you, giving you new revelation, giving you new paradigms of thought. And before you're even consciously aware of it, you're already starting to act like it. You're already starting to talk like it. For some of you all, other people have had to tell you something's different about you. You seem to have way more peace than you had last year. You, you, you seem to have much more joy than you had last year. You seem to be much more reserved than you were last year. That's that's because this over the air software update <laughs> has been downloaded on me and I didn't even know it was happening yet. So God is already starting to do something new in you. And here's what it says in Philippians chapter number one, verse number six. And I am certain that God, thank you, Paul, who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He who hath begun a good work in you is able to fulfill it into the day of Jesus Christ. God started something new in you. He started something new in you and he won't be done with it until you come home. So when did God start something new in me? The day you gave your life to him? He begun a good work in you the day that you gave your life to him and he continues to do his work until it is finally finished. When is it finished? When it's done. As long as you live on this earth, you'll keep getting downloads. Got to keep doing something new to you. Can anybody beside me relate and admit that you are not the same Christian you were from the day you gave your life to Christ? Right. Somebody said, thank God. Right. I've been saved 24 years and I'm I am. I don't know what ver- I guess I'm on version 24. If we just go on with years. I get the I get the new model every year. <laughs> I get the new update every year. Hey, I'm going to do a new thing. OK, God, do a new thing in me. I already started. You just can you see it? I started it, but can you see it? I'm I'm downloading something in you, but can you, are are you aware enough to see what I'm doing on the inside of you? You're you're asking me to do something new. I'm already doing it right now. That's why I'm teaching this series, because there is a reset that has been happening with you all year long. Whether you know it or not, some of y'all here with masks on, Some of y'all have had to work from home. Some of y'all that have no technological sense whatsoever found your way to Zoom. (laughs) You don't even know how you got there. You just pushed the link and you tried to put your camera up and it was pointed down. You had to point it back up. You got students that's working from home. There's resets going on all over the place. He's doing something new, but can you see it? There's, there's, there's new things that God is doing, but are you aware of it? See, one of the reasons why I believe that God uh, has had specifically our church. I don't know what any, anybody else's church is doing, but, but specifically Embassy City. I think one of the reasons why he said, you know what? Don't come back to my house until January 3rd. Because, because uh, I want to do something in your house before you come back to my house. I can't have the old you back in my house in 21. 
I can't have who you used to be back in my house in 21. I can't have what you used to think in my house in 2021. I can't have how you used to act in my house in 2021. (laughs) I can't handle the way you used to talk in my house in 2021. So stay home and let me work on you at your house before you come back to my house. My presence hasn't left. I'm omnipresent. I'm here and there and everywhere. There's nowhere you can go that I won't be there. David already said that. If I make my bed in hell, there you go. If I ascend to the highest heavens, oh, you here too? Anywhere in between, he is there. So what is God saying? I'm trying to, I've already started something new in you. I've already started something new in you. Which brings me to point number two. Please write it down. Can you see it? Can you see it though? Do, Do you think this has been a year of punishment for you? Do you think that this has been a year of just trials, tribulation and tests without glory on the other side of it? Do you think this has been a year of God trying to embarrass you? Can you not see I'm doing something new? Of course, when I do something new, you don't know how to interpret it. Of course, when things change, the majority of people don't like change. So they're like, ah, who moved my cheese? <laughs> My cheese used to be right there. And somebody, somebody moved my cheese over there. You might come back in 2021 to this church and be like, who took my seat? I used to sit right there. Who took my service? It used to be at this time. Who took my worship? It used to be done this way. Who took my pastor? He used to act like this. Now he's acting like that. You think you're the only one getting a reset? By the time we come back, we're going to all be changed. I'm just saying. This might still be your church in 2021. It might not. I don't know. But can you see it? Now, be, 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 before you think I'm coming down on you for not being able to see things clearly, I want you to understand I know what it is to be in a season where it's hard to discern what God is doing. And I want you to know you're not alone. Scripture backs this up. Here's what Davy said. Psalm 119, verse number 82. My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? David wrote, my eyes are literally straining. I know you made me a promise, but it's hard to imagine it's going to come through. In the season of life I'm in right now, it's hard to believe that it's going to get better. With the, th- the way things are financially right now, I'm straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? Help us, help us. I'm, I know you just asked me, can you see it? I'm trying to see it. I'm squinting hard. But it's dark. Anybody beside me has ever been dark? So dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. Have you ever been in that type of darkness? It's ever, you ever lost the power in your house in the middle of the night? 
and territory you should be familiar with makes you slow down. You don't want to stub your toe. <laughs> You're like, I don't know if the laundry basket is still there. <laughs> Let me just take my time. You, 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 don't have, you don't have a lot of confidence when you can't see clearly. You walk slower when you can't see clearly. <laughs> you stutter step when you can't see clearly. You second guess when you can't see clearly. You hesitate when you can't see clearly. My eyes are straining to see. Your promises. When? When will you help me? Same chapter. Psalm 119, verse 123. My eyes strain to see your rescue. To see the truth of your promise fulfilled. We've gone through uh, 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 a a year where it's been hard for people to see. God, you're going to bring us out of this? I I want you to think about what this year has brought. COVID-19, death of people we were not ready to lose, whether we knew them or not. Injustice, racism, the church divided, politics, an election. I strain to see your rescue. What does freedom look like when everything looks like this? And and here's God while you're straining. Can you see it? You you trying to <laughs> you trying to feel your way through. He's like, hey, I'm doing a new thing. See, I'm doing it right now. Can you see it? And you like, Lord, please just hand me a cane. Can you just can you just can I have a flashlight? Can you just be a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my pathway? Can I I can't see nothing you talking about right now? You're not the only one that's been there. Second Kings. Second Kings chapter number six. Starting at the 15th verse, here's what it says. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. This is uh, the episode where uh, Elijah had told the king of Israel all the plans of the Arameans and the king of Aram said, who, who, who is this guy? that keeps foiling all the plans we have to attack Israel. And they find out his address and they go to his house. Elijah has one of his servants there and uh, he slept that night really good. (laughs) And I guess he got up a little later than his, uh, uh, than one of his assistants. This This is why it says, when the servant of the, of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. Don't be afraid, Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. (laughs) Now, if he would have just left it there, it would have been kind of cruel. Don't worry about it, man. There's more with us than there are with them. Don't worry about it. I promise you, God's going to do it. But, 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 but Elijah did something for his servant that I want to do with my family. Then Elijah prayed. Because, see, when, when you can't see clearly, you need to pray 
for clarity. But when you can't see clearly, you need to pray for the answer. When everything seems foggy, you by faith have to believe that God's going to clear up things to let you understand the season that you're going through right now. Then Elijah prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes. Because, you know, he, <laughs> listen, I like this man. He prays like I do. I'm not going to sit here and tarry over you. <laughs> I'm going to just pray. Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. That was the whole prayer. If there's anybody that's going through a season right now where you can't sleep clearly, my prayer for you is, oh, Lord, open their eyes so they can see. Lord, would you open her eyes so she can see? Would you please open his eyes so he can see? The Lord opened the man's, young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Do you know what happens when you get clarity in a season that used to be dark? Your whole posture gets different. <laughs> you, 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 your head goes up, your, your shoulders square back because you know, oh, when, when you thought you were alone, you were kind of like, oh, I don't understand how I'm going to get to that season. And the Lord opens your eyes and you're like, I wish you would. I dare you to come through here. I see your horse. I see your spear. I see a little raggedy sword. I'm from the street, so I, you know, everything I do got a bop to it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I see a little dumb. See a little dumb gun. But look behind you. You're surrounded. I'm not surrounded. <laughs> You're the one that's actually surrounded. I'm not by myself in this season. God might not be, thank you, Holy Spirit. God might not be talking to you in this season, but you are not alone in this season. You've been begging to hear his voice and forgot that he's been by your side the entire time. Sometimes when you can't hear his voice, you need to be reminded that you still have his presence. You, 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 gotta, you gotta have a confidence that no matter what season you're in, I'm not in this season by myself. It could be the darkest season of your life. You are not in this season by yourself. I remember when my brother Miles died. He, he was killed in a car accident um, uh, September 17th of 2004. He was killed instantly. It was the most depressed I have ever been in my whole life. Four months of depression. I'm talking about the deep, dark. It was beyond grieving. I had invited in a spirit of depression and it was comforting and deadly at the same time. But here's what I know. The valley of death I was in, he was with me. I could understand Psalm 23 in a new way once I got to that season of my life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Your rod and your staff. You're going to be okay. You're not in here by yourself. You, 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 you thought you were going through all this by yourself. I've been right here. How come you haven't said nothing? I have, I have no update on the word I gave you prior to you getting in this situation. Okay, sir, hold on. I felt that thing. Wait, too fast. 
I have nothing else to say to you than what I've already said to you before you went through this situation you're going through. You want Bible for it? I'll give you Bible for it. Um, uh, 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 Matthew chapter number three. Uh, This is toward the end of the chapter. I'm going off memory, so excuse me for not having the verses. Um, But Matthew chapter number three, uh, 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 Jesus' cousin baptizes John. John comes, uh, Jesus comes up out of the water and uh, uh, the the Holy Spirit descends on him like as a dove. And um, then a voice from heaven, a voice from heaven uh, uh, said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Before Jesus did any miracles. Before he turned water into wine, before he opened up blind eyes, before he popped open deaf ears, before he made the lame to walk. Before he resurrected any dead bodies, God said about his son, this is my son and whom I am well pleased. Right. Put a pin in that. Garden of Gethsemane. I asked him three times to take this cup from me. No response. Because God had nothing new to say than what he said when he came out of the Jordan River. I don't have an updated word based on the word that I gave you before you even started your earthly ministry. You are my son and I'm well pleased. On the mountaintop, you are my son and I am well pleased. In the garden, you are my son and I am well pleased. <laughs> to break, break, breaking, breaking bread and handing it out and it being multiplied. You are, that is my son in whom I am well pleased. Saying peace be still on a boat. You are my son and I am well pleased. Garden of Gethsemane, you are my son, and I'm well pleased. On the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Look at him. Went straight to the place that we predestined for him to go. And while he's crying out to me in this anguish, I have nothing new to say about him than what I said when he came out of the Jordan River. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, I know that you got furloughed from your job. And I know that you're trying to make ends meet you. That is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. I know that you had to bury your father this year and you didn't know if you were going to make it. You about to own the verge of a nervous breakdown. That is my son in whom I am well pleased. The season doesn't change his sentiment. <laughs> the season does not change his sentiment. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Can you see it? Can, can you see what he's doing? Because he's doing some. I just can you see it, though? Lord, open up the eyes of my brothers and sisters so they can see. What you show me, you haven't left us. We're not surrounded by negativity. We are surrounded by righteousness. You haven't left us alone in this season. You've been more present than ever before. I can't hear you. I'm not talking. I'm walking. 
I'm walking you right through the situation. I'm walking you right through the circumstance. I'm walking, I'm walking you right through the darkness. I'm, walk, I'm walking you right through the promotion. I'm walking you right through. I haven't left you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You'll deny me before I deny myself. Point number three. <laughs> Point number three. Write this down. He's making a way for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 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 He's making a way for you. You have to know this. And this master reset, he is making a way for you. You don't have to make a way for yourself. He's making a way for you. You don't have to manipulate this next circumstance or situation. He's making a way for you. You don't have to control the whole, the whole thing. He is making a way for you. I'm going to prove it. Ah. Uh, Psalm 77. Psalm 77. <laughs> Listen, he is talking to me right here. And it is good in my ears. Oh, my goodness. Psalm 77. I'm trying to contain myself. Psalm 77, verse number 19. Here's what it says. Lord, have mercy. I hope y'all can get this. I'm going to read the verse and then then, then I'm going to try to to paint something upon the canvas of your imagination, if if that's okay. Okay. Uh, Your path led through the sea. Your path led through the sea. Your pathway through mighty rivers. A pathway no one knew was there. (laughs) Ah! This thing is so good. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. So imagine with me, you have come out of Egypt and it's not 10 of y'all, it's not a hundred of y'all, it's not a thousand of y'all, it's not 100,000 of y'all, it's over a million of y'all coming out of the Red Sea, I mean, uh, coming out of Egypt with all the gold, the gross national product of Egypt on your back. You don't even know how you got it. You like I didn't know he was coming out with this much stuff. You just. (laughs) Your little kids is like. (laughs) All y'all coming out with gold. And he goes, okay, make a left. Uh Uh-huh. Now make a right. Now go straight. And it's it's just a sea of water. What? Sir? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, you going, yeah, that's the way I want you to go. Uh, sir, we can't walk on water. There's at, least, there's at least a third of the people here that can't even swim. So I'm trying to figure out. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. The, the, the way through is right there. God sees something you can't see. God has made a way that you cannot comprehend. Because all you see is water. What he sees is the seabed. 
where all you would see is mud, he knows he's going to dry it up. And it's going to be firm enough for a million plus people to walk past it. And enough time for the, for the slowest person to get across before the fastest chariot comes across. Oh, I feel that right there. Do you not know that God will slow up everything just to let you get in? He knows your age. He knows your stage. He knows your level of faith. He knows what you can handle. He knows what you cannot handle. God will slow everything down before he allows the enemy's plans to speed up. He said, I, I have a way for you right through here. And you sitting there like, but I, I just don't understand. I can't see. I can't see the plan. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I'm in front of the how. And God's like, no, you're going to walk. You're going to walk right past this. You have no idea he's going to split it. You have no idea he's going to dry it. <laughs> and you, you have no idea that you can walk, walk over it. But he led them to a place where a pathway was there and no one knew about it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God's not going to show you till you get to the spot. He didn't split the Red Sea before they came. Because it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as miraculous. If the, red, if the waters were already parted and the ground was already dry, it would have just looked like, like, a, like a trail. Like, oh, okay, this is good. No, no, God says, you show up to the spot, then I'll do the miracle. You step out on faith and then I supply the need. You make the declaration and then you'll see it come into existence. You got to speak that thing into the atmosphere. Then you'll see that thing show up. I remember uh, the the house that we live in now. Juliet uh, 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 fell in love with this house in Denton and I did not. (laughs) Okay, it's the nicest way I can say it. Okay. We, we, we had just uh, got re- we were just ready to plant this church. We were living in Roanoke. I wanted to live a little bit closer, no further than maybe Grapevine or Flower Mound. And uh, uh, all the houses we were looking at d- just didn't fit us. And then so I don't know if you've ever watched House Hunters and, you, you know, how, House Hunters, they'll tell you, here's our budget and it needs to be by the beach. And and then like the first house they show you is 30 miles from the beach, right? And $900,000 over budget. We just want to go look at it. And you're like, why did you bring me out here? This is not even in my parameters, okay? So that house was the furthest house (laughs) and the most expensive house. And I'm like, I don't want to move out there. And she was like, this, I just feel like, you know, I just feel like this is the Lord. And God had to take me all the way to Australia to have a conversation with me. I was in Australia preaching at churches and I was in Perth, which is the west coast of Australia. Uh, Perth is the second most isolated city in the entire world. Okay, it's my favorite city in the whole wide world. It's the introvert's dream. Okay, ain't nobody going to accidentally come to your house. Ain't nobody going to accidentally visit you on that side of the country. It's amazing. Anyway, it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to sleep. And right, I had preached my last sermon, you know, every time I go to Australia and preach for my friends, they have me preach like 22 times in nine days, all right? It's just a lot. So I'm trying, my brain feels like oatmeal, I'm trying to go to sleep, 
And right when I'm about to fall asleep, Juliet was already sleeping peacefully. The Holy Spirit said, hey, I want to talk to you about that house. Oh man, right now? He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, that, that heart, that, that, uh, uh, that's not a desire I just put in Juliet's heart. That's a desire that I put for both of y'all. I want both of y'all to have a house. I'm like, but the, uh, the house is too much. We <laughs> ain't got that kind of money in. It's far. How come she gets everything she wants? <laughs> Which was toxic and he dealt with that too. Okay, and so what happened was we put an offer on the house. We put an offer on the house, but it was a contingency offer, which means our house has to sell in order for us to have the funds to to complete the uh, trans transition with this other house we want to buy. And um, we put the house. We our house was on the market. We got an offer on our house, and then and we put a contingency offer on this house. And about a week later, someone countered our offer. So they called us back and they said, um, uh, can you guarantee that your house is going to sell and that you're going to have the funds to go? Now, listen, I'm a, I, am a, I am risk adverse, right? I step out on faith when Jesus says so. I'm not reckless, okay? So, so, so I didn't hear Jesus. So I'm trying to be a prudent, sound businessman. And this was an FHA loan, which is if anybody has gone through an FHA loan, the wind could blow and you could lose the contract on that. Right. You, you could have scratched your nose and they're like, you know what? This FHA loan says if you scratch your nose, we can't give you the house. Right. And and so and so I, I couldn't guarantee it because I would have been on the hook for two mortgages. I was like, no, no. Juliet almost died. She was like, ah. So I want you to get this. Path, path where there was no path, okay? We, we rescind our offer on Sunday, on a Sunday. On Monday, they, they, they went into contract with the, with, the, with, the, with the new offer. Tuesday, a cash offer came in. They couldn't accept the cash offer because this new offer was done Monday. By Friday, they pulled out of the deal, the, the person that had the contract, that house owner could not find the cash offer, which means they had to come back to our offer. I forgot to tell y'all, it was offensively low. <laughs> offensively low. They took that offensively low offer and we moved into an obnoxiously large house on three acres of land And we're just giggling. But God made a path where there wasn't a path until I took a step. Had I tried to counter that offer and then the cash offer came in, we wouldn't be in that house. So even when it seems like it's a block. It's God going, you you don't see what I see. I'm making away from you out of something that you can't see until you show up. Point number four. He's creating a way for you. Well, Tim, he, you said he's making a way for me. Uh-huh. But you also need to know he's creating a way for you. Making and creating are two different things. 
You make something out of something that's already there. When you create something, it wasn't there to begin with. See, the, 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 the seabed was already there. God just miraculously made a way for them to see it. But when you create something, that means it did not exist prior to God speaking it into existence and making it a thing that you would like. Okay. Uh, What came first, the chicken or the egg? We all know the chicken came first. Because God, he created the chicken. All anyone in the poultry industry has been doing since then is making chickens. (laughs) You make from what is already existing. You create from something that's not there at all. So he's making a way for you and or he's creating a way for you. Here's what it says. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What God did in you was a creative miracle. He created in you a heart to serve him. He didn't make you do anything. He had to create that in you because anybody beside me, I was not going to be here if it wasn't for Jesus. I'm, I've just I've never played around with God or his church or anything like that. Um, and, and so before I got saved, I wasn't <laughs> and didn't have a heart. I wasn't convicted of my sins. Nada. And then he created in me a new heart. I want to read that again. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. He created a new life in you. This is not the life I signed up for. I signed up for a homicide detection in a rough part of LA for job security. I always pause on that to let it set in. I knew how to make my money in LA. I wasn't going to be in no gang and I didn't want to show up when gangs were shooting. I wanted to show up after everybody was dead. It's the safest place to show up with, with some dead people because they ain't gonna they ain't gonna shoot you. They're dead. So I was I was working on job security. Th- that was the life I prepared for myself, and 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 that's what I went to school for. And then I gave my life to Christ. He created a new heart in me. Then he created a new a new path for me. That was that you you could have never been, you couldn't have paid me to believe I was gonna be anybody's pastor preacher. Nothing. I did not like church. People. I did not like church people. He had to create that in me. Then, then, then he gave me revelation that I didn't have reading his word. I, I don't have, I have a semester of Bible college. It makes no sense what God shows me in his word. It's a, he created something in me to give to the body of Christ. That was not there. I opened the Bible and then he just started talking and I heard it and I just repeated it. And that's my whole ministry. I know it might not be theologically as dense as some other people or might not include. This is me. I'm a storyteller. That's what I do. And I bring everybody into the story until you find yourself and then want to go be with Jesus. So (laughs) there's that. So I want to show you the difference between making something happen and creating something to happen. Okay. 
I showed you in, in Psalm 77, he made a way. Right? You made a way. Right? I mean, it's, it's you made something happen. But, but your boy might need to go back and do another song. You created a way. Because making and creating are two different things. Here is Deuteronomy chapter number eight, verse number 15. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. And there's an exclamation behind this because I, I just don't think any other uh, punctuation would have been appropriate. He gave you water from the rock. That's creating something. Anybody? Anybody got some good water out of a rock lately? <laughs> anybody? Anybody? Uh, is Coca-Cola or Dasani selling rocks? Refrigerated rocks with 16 ounces of water in them? No, no, no. He created a miracle. They were in the middle of a hot desert. They didn't have nothing to drink. There were no streams, no brooks, no, no, no lakes. And he goes, I want you to go up to this rock, smack it, and water's going to come out. He went up to the rock, he smacked it, and water came out. God was like, don't think that if I can't make a way that I'm out of options. When I'm done, when I'm in a situation where I can't make a way, I'll just create one. Must you be reminded of Genesis chapter number one? Nothing was and then it was because he said so. (laughs) Oh, so good. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter number eight, verse number 16. He fed you with manna in the wilderness. I love this. A food unknown to your ancestors. (laughs) You didn't even know what it was and you was eating it. Manna, by definition in Hebrew, means what is this? That's how much of an anomaly it was. They went out every morning and was like, what is this? Well, what happened? He fed you. Well, how did the manna get there? It snowed it. It's the best way my mind can comprehend it. It just snowed food. They got up in the morning and bread was on the flow. In the middle of a desert, they get up in the morning and bread is all over the place and they scooped it up and it was always enough for that day. On the weekend where they were supposed to have a Sabbath, which means they couldn't work at all, it would last them for two days. Where'd it come from? It just came from the sky. He didn't make that bread. He spoke it. And it became what he said it was intended to be because he's God. God did not tell a horse to gallop. He did not tell a dog to bark. He did not tell a dolphin to make that little clicking sound. He spoke it into existence and the thing knew what it was supposed to do after he spoke it. What I'm telling you is he can make a way for you or he can create a way for you. No problem for him. 
No problem for him. Oh, what situation you in? I, I, I don't know how. <laughs> I'll make a way. Oh, every door is locked. Every door is closed. I'm trapped. I'm in a corridor. I can't see what's next. He's like, well, then I'll just create a way for you. You can't create nothing. Lord, I'm stuck. I, I, you probably won't do it anyway. And he's like, I can create. I, do you, I, can, I can make some stuff. I'm God. I'm kind of good at this. And your, 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 your memory's kind of short at this. I'm faithful. This is the master reset. <laughs> this is the master reset. That God is already doing something new in you. Can you see? He's making a way for you. He's going to create a way for you. You are not stuck where you are. You are being reset where you are. And what comes next is a blessing only he can get glory for. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Honestly, what what might he be saying to you through this message? While I've been talking, I believe God has been speaking. And I wonder what he might be saying to you. I want to give you an opportunity to just process for a moment. You might find yourself in point one, two, three, or four. You might find yourself in points one, two, three, and four. But whatever God might have spoken to you today, I guarantee you that he's resetting you to be able to receive what he wants to give you in this season. So Holy Spirit, my prayer for all of my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters, is that we would submit to your reset. That we would give up everything and anything that would hinder us from allowing you to reset us the way you intended for us to operate. We give you permission to do something new. Open up our eyes so we can see it. We thank you in advance for the ways that you make and the ways that you create. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week for part five. Peace.